Welcome to a new episode of Liftoff, a Jets football podcast with your host, Chris, and from playlikeajet.com, Mr. Sharman Phillip. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Liftoff Jets. You can also follow Sharman at GrownFolk1980. You can follow myself at CP7NY. You can also follow the show at Liftoff Jets on Twitter. And you can also find us wherever you find your podcasts at Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio. And you can also find us at Sportswire Radio at sportsinarium.com backslash player. And you can follow the station manager there, Thomas Bryce, at Thomas Bryce 2017 for all the scheduling of all the other great shows. So, Charmin, we got some good news. We're getting good news like every week with the Jets. Not used- I, it, I, it, it can, I, 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 I pinched myself a million times. Um, <laughs> I'm still alive. It's still me. Uh, <laughs> Of, uh, there, there's so much happening as a Jets fan, so much good stuff that I almost don't believe that I'm I'm a Jets fan. Um, I probably woke up in some kind of alternate dimension where, you know, I'm following some alternate New York team that's all of a sudden having all this good stuff happen. I don't know. Yeah. I'll take it, though. I'll take it. <laughs> I never refuse good news for the Jets. I'm not used to yes, it, sir. but I never refuse it, so... Um, but yeah, we got really good news today. So um, with the Aaron Rodgers WeWork deal, and we also got a lot of other good news that we wanted to talk about. So we asked our good friend, Mr. Michael Pallas, to join us because he's really good with the uh, with the cap numbers and everything else. And it's a little confusing because we're getting two different stories. So we brought him here to help us out. So Michael, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem. Listen, introduce uh, yourself and where where we could find you because you have a great podcast out there for every jet fan to check out. So let us know where you could find it. Oh, great. Uh, I wouldn't call it great, but <laughs> uh, not, not yet. Anyway, not yet. I'm getting there. I, I'm more like, I'm more like, um, uh, I, I can't even use any jets comparisons because, Oh, I'm the Vinny test of podcast. <laughs> you were good for a couple of years. So that's good. But, yeah, uh, I just hope I just hope you don't have that one year where you were just about to make it to the Super Bowl and you have a a bad ankle, a bad ankle or no, injuries. No, when I well, I'm just saying from a talent perspective, I I, I understand that was a joke. <laughs> I'm the Vinny Testaverde or Chad Pennington of podcast. I'm not great I yet, but I hope to get there someday. But uh, yeah, Jubg podcast on Twitter, Jet Up Leading Green podcast on all the podcast platforms that Chris mentioned before. And uh, also Michael T. Palace on Threads. All right, awesome. So, guys, what what'd you think about this? Aaron Rodgers signed basically a two year deal, seventy something million dollars. He took a thirty five million dollar pay cut to stay well, with us. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> out, but, so, well, what do you guys think, Sharma? We'll start with you. I, I, I will. Uh... I know Michael will break down the numbers for you. I'll give you this the straight up what that what this means. Um there is no way in hell do you get a quarterback of this caliber without paying him. Now, it's either you pay him now or you pay him later. That's basically how it is. Right now, what he what the what he just worked out with the Jets is a pay me later deal, which helps them fortify certain weaknesses in the team whilst keeping him around 
as their quarterback. And basically that's what it is. It's something that you really, you rarely see quarterbacks of his caliber do. Um, and uh, for the Jets fans, it's awesome, you know, you know, because that in no way, shape or form does it rob him of what he's deserved because of his, the caliber of quarterback he is. <laughs> and it also does not rob the Jets of his talents and uh, maybe for longer than we thought. So uh, this is this is, in my opinion, awesome news all, all around, man. Um, and sheesh, it just continues growing, man. The the the, the level of uh, energy is just it's 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 just up in the ante every week. Every time we turn on the television or, the, or, or listen to a podcast or something, some great news comes out um, because I don't think anybody saw this. Because everybody, every quarterback or every NFL player has wanted their money up front. That's it. Give me my money up front. And this guy is be, is willing to, you know, hey, man, take an IOU, basically, kind of, you know, hey, pay me now a little something, but hold off, you know, in a few years. And then, you know, you could, you could give me the bulk of my money, which, which, in in reality, works out for the Jets because guess what? Uh, the window is right here, and within that window, you pay him, but you don't pay him on a, like an exorbitant amount of money. You pay him what you can, and then you know if let's say in that window, which is probably about a two year window, let's say that's what it is, two to three year window, you're able to do everything you can. To make this team as great as you can, and then if you do, it will be worthwhile. Then the year after that, after those two years, to now pony up all the money you need. Hey man, thank you for thank you very much for the Super Bowl or the two playoff runs. As your money, you know. But if that's how I view it. Um, of course, Michael has a more numbers based view of this. Uh, number, uh, Michael, break it down. Well, I mean, it wouldn't, it's not really exactly pay up front and pay later because it's $75 million guaranteed. So they're, <laughs> and, and, but, but depending on which report you're going by, it's $35 million bonus or a $70 million bonus. Right. And $40 million in base or $5 million in base. And um, one is good, and one is, yeah, no thanks. And one one is actually one is actually more in line with how it was being played off by Aaron Rodgers. And that is the thirty five million dollars bonus and the forty million dollars base. Aaron Rodgers was saying all along, that we were going to like the contract and that it was great for the Jets. And and it's not just the pay cut because if he plays in 2025, everybody's reporting that there's a, a non-guaranteed $37.5 million salary for 2025. So if he plays, that's going to hit the cap too. So, But when it comes to the bonus money and the base salary 
That's the issue. And I explain because of the and because of the way that Aaron Rodgers was talking, I'm probably going to lean towards the original report. Thirty-five million dollars bonus, forty base. Because if it's seventy million dollars in bonuses and he retires after next year, it's a forty-nine million dollar dead cap hit for the Jets in 2025. And if Aaron, so Rodgers... not to not to cut you off, but your but basically your explanation says that there it's a handshake deal between the Jets and Aaron Rodgers that he that he if he does retire, right. They have to give him all that money right then and there because it's no, 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 no. They're paying, they're paying, they're paying him cash this year, right? Whether it's thirty-five million dollars or seventy million dollars, the bonus money is all getting paid out this year in one in one fell swoop, right? Right. There, he's getting seventy-five million dollars. Period. It's just a matter for the Jets for their books on how it's spread out. Okay. And okay, I see I understand what you're saying now. So as far as the pay now pay later you're talking about? Yes. In a way you're right because right. if it's the the former which is 35 million dollars in bonus and forty million dollars in base. Well, then he's not getting thir- He's not getting paid thirty-eight million one hundred sixty-one thousand one hundred twelve dollars until next of it of the seventy-five million till net till next year. Right, because that would be his base salary for next year. But he's right. getting money up front. Period. Whether it's thirty-five million or seventy million, right. that money is allowed to be spread out over the life of the contract for a maximum of five years. Because the cap hit, the, the cap. Starting with the your, final year of the deal. So that, so the, because the cap hit on the books, right. For 2023 would be $8.8 million, right? Correct. Right. But the bonuses, which covers the rest of the money that you're talking about, right. Which would equal to well the bonuses one one report is is thirty five million dollars in bonuses over right. five years which would be which would make which which would make the cap at eight million dollars right because thirty even though you're paying Rogers thirty five million dollars this year you're paying let's say let's say we're gonna we're gonna use the original report. For, right. for this for this explanation he's getting 75 million dollars guaranteed yes his base Through 2024 salary, well no he's getting his to, it's two years 75 million fully guaranteed yes his base salary this year is 1.838888 million dollars yes base salary next year is 38 million 161,112 that's 40 right. million dollars Yes. His sign his bonus is $35 million. Yes. He's getting paid by the Jets $36,838,888 this year. However, okay. that money 
does not all hit the cap, hit the cap. this year. Right, right. It's spread out 20% each year for five years. Okay. Which is $7 million a year, which is why the cap hit is $8 million. Right. Or $8.8 million. Right. So next next year, year would be forty five point one because of the seven million dollar bonus. Because of the seven million bonus, right? But he's not getting seven million dollars next year from the bonus. He's he's already he's getting thirty five million dollars this year. If the bonus is thirty five million dollars. He's getting it this year, and the terms of the contract would tell you when he gets it because he doesn't necessarily get paid a thirty five million dollar check by the Jets. Usually, it's split up twice. Usually, they pay a little bit of half of it now and half of it at the beginning of the season. But that's just the that's just the cash out of the Jets' cash flow. That doesn't matter for the cap. Right. So your take, Michael. Right. Your take is that of the original report, which was Tom Palacero's report. Is that Palacero's report would would basically be in line with what Aaron Rodgers had been saying about the contract being good with, for the Jets? Your take is the 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 numbers, the fresh numbers that you saw coming from Phil Yates, right? Which you were talking about. Um, those numbers kind of clash a little bit with Palacero's, or it's there's missing information. No, they're not missing information. They're just they're just the information is how the numbers are divvied up are different. Mm. The bonus, according to uh, Field Yates and Jason Fitzgerald of overthecap.com, the cap number, the cap hit for next season is $17.1 million. But that would give him a prorated bonus for next year of $14 million because then his bonus is seventy million dollars with five million dollars in base. Sheesh. So okay, now I I understand where you where you're going. So now he's gonna he's gonna that means the that means twenty one million dollars of the seventy million hits the cap over the next two years. If he retires after next year, the Jets will be hit with a forty nine million dollar dead cap hit in twenty twenty five. And if he plays in 2025 under the current contract, which is reportedly has a $37.5 million non-guaranteed base salary, the cap hits $51.5 million. Okay. And according to Jason Fitzgerald of Over the Cap, that's going to be 18.3% of the projected cap. See, when you look at the overthecap.com um breakdown it's still including the 112 million dollar uh contract if you notice it yes because he's including the 37 and a half million dollar non-guaranteed base for 2025 right so that's why I'm, I'm looking at the the spot rack one that one breaks it down and it's not so bad right it's only cap hits and the cap hits are what i'm worried about i don't care when he gets his money the cap hits are 8.8 this year then 45.1 next year and then 21, and then 7 and 7 in the void. No, it's not 7 and 7. That's what it's showing here. It says the cap hit is 7 and 7. But also look at the dead cap hit to the right. It says 21 
and it says cap hit 21 million right. dead cap hit 21 million and then there's no dead cap hit on 2026 and 2027 because right. if he retires after next season and the initial report is correct that there's a 35 million dollar bonus and 40 million dollars in base the 21 million dollars remaining on the bonuses accelerates into 2025 and there's no cap hit whatsoever after 2025 right yeah because but the cap but dead caps don't trigger unless what you say happened right the right. dead cap would not trigger unless he retires right. well the thing the thing is he's got he, the dead cap hit would yes if he if he decides to stop playing, but he could also take the thirty seven and a half million dollars in twenty twenty five, play on the thirty one seven and a half million dollars, and then it would be a forty four and a half. Uh, using spot track, it would be forty four and a half million dollar cap hit. All right, so let's assume for for argument's sake, he plays two seasons. It'll be the eight point three hit. Then the forty-five point one million hit last next year, and then what in twenty twenty-five? The twenty-one million, either, either twenty-one or forty-nine million, depending on what the contract is. Well, if we're what using spot track, if we're using spot track, it's twenty-one million in twenty twenty-five, and then there's no cap hit after that. After that, right? Okay. At because... the end of the day, I'm, this, this, as confusing as this could be, I, I'll I'll say this, and and. And um, I go in and out. That I, I I will tell you one thing: numbers are not really my thing. Um, so I'm not even gonna pretend or try to pretend that I understand completely all of what you're saying. Um, to a certain extent, I do. But one of the things um, I wanted to address when it comes to these contracts is, I think every I think we have uh, live. Um, examples of what it costs teams to uh to make a run at a super bowl um recently we saw what the rams paid for winning a super bowl and the cost of it is what they look like now which is a ugly mess and with no real answer to where they're going to be or when they're ever going to be legitimate contenders again um and if you look over to the tampa bay buccaneers who enjoyed uh what was that two or three year span of top of the NFL kind of elite level competition with with uh, Tom Brady as their quarterback? If you look at what what's staring them in the face, it's just complete gloom because they have a bunch of contracts with senior players that you have to pay. They have to pay them, and a lot of those guys are older guys, and. They, you just don't know because they just can't afford anything. They they have to start Baker Mayfield as a quarterback. Mm. They can't do anything. And that's the cost. And basically on the back end of having that success and having Tom Brady as their quarterback and winning a Super Bowl, on the back end, they have to pay this massive debt. Not only would it hit them in the pockets, which it's, it is, and it's kind of just holding them... Uh, hostage because they they really can't maneuver. I, Chris and I had multiple conversations about how much of that money they hid because it looked like to a certain extent that season after the Super Bowl that they couldn't sign anyone. 
And out of the blue, everybody was signed. And we're like, wait, what What are we talking about? I thought you guys said you had no money. Well, here's the problem. The problem is they kicked the can down the road. Well, unfortunately, this monster that you kicked down the road has come to bear. And this massive mess is, is what they have now. And the reason why I brought those two teams up is because basically this is what it's going to be. I'm sorry for anybody because we really don't want to be talking doom and gloom. And we're gonna, I'm not going to spend that much time talking about this. But I just want to make one point here. Um, my point is this. If we, the way we're enjoying this here now, we're enjoying this because at some point down the road, as a Jets fan, we're going to have to pay the piper. It's just That's just how it is. I don't know exactly to what extent, like Michael said, because there's uh, clashing information right now um, explain, to, to an extent to explaining exactly how the money will be spread out. But you do not get this caliber of player and get and keep him for two years and you don't have to pay the piper. It will come down the road. But anyway, that's as far as I'm going to go for this because at the end of the day, we're happy for this. Here's a, Actually, quick, it won't. here's a quick rebuttal to that. The difference between us and Tampa at the time, Tampa already had veterans making a lot of money, right? True. They weren't this young team that we are now. Think about it. Out of who else is making money on our team other than, you know, Aaron Rodgers? Quinn and Quinn Williams, CJ yes. Mosley, and CJ Mosley for a couple of years. That's it. Other this than year. That, yeah. This year. And that's it. We got no other long term deals. You got to look yeah. at when you look at Tampa's dead cap hits for this year. Ooh. It almost looks like a roster. Yeah, just real it's crazy. Quick. Tom Brady, dead cap hit this year, thirty-five million for Tampa. Donovan Smith, left tackle, seven point nine million. Levante David, six point eight. Leonard Fournette, five million. Uh, Akeem Hicks, four point four point nine. Shaq Mason, four point three. Julio Jones, three point four. Cameron Brait, 2.9. William Ghoston, 2.4. These are all dead cap hits. That's not even, they're, you know, you're talking about guys that are not even on the roster anymore. Those only last Most for one them. season. Right. So, right. But I understand what Charmin's saying, but I think the difference is we don't have these dead cap hits right now. Right. And That's we, true. Right. Down the road, because yeah. we got the two year window now. Right. We know he'll be yes. most likely three be to five. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't see five. Let's let's, let's 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 assume we're assuming he wanted the two year, right? He gave us two years, so he gave us two years. And think about it: in two more years, three years, guess whose contracts will be coming up, right? Garrett Wilson, mm. ABC, yep. uh, yep. Gardner, all these guys. Zach Wilson, right? Yeah, Zach Wilson. All these other guys' contracts <laughs> are going to be coming up, and let's see who gets paid and who gets not paid and traded or whatever. Yep. That's, but we do have the two year deal. The two-year window, I should say, and thank you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it happens. It, it works out the same way with that Brady worked out with Tampa. It would be great if it does. Well, this is the, yeah. This is the. I'm sorry, Michael. One more one more point I wanted to make. Um, and and Chris basically helped me clear it up. Um, um, overall, yes. Um, when you when you look at it, the 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 shining difference between the Jets and the two examples I made was the fact that they have all these youngsters that are basically stars that they don't have to pay right now. And they don't have to pay until probably the next two years. And and it works in the Jets' favor. And, you know, 
that's the that's one of the best parts of this deal, in my opinion, that they don't have to really be paying anybody right now tons of money. Um, and and but like I said, it still it still matters because at some point somebody's got to get paid, you know. Um, but it's not as bad as what 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 the Bucks did. I I understand. I agree with that. And it's not as bad as what the Rams end up doing. It's true. But my the reason why I brought those examples up was because the money will come. The money will be paid. But but again, stop the you know stop the presses. It's not about how bad it could be. It's about how good it could be. And the fact that us, the New York Jets fans, get to have an elite level talent playing quarterback better than any quarterback we've ever had. Let's be real. Play for us for two years with as man, we haven't even I don't think in reality we haven't even really we we're not able to quantify the, the the levels to which this guy could uh, impact all these young, talented players on this team. And I think ultimately that's what matters the most. It's because even with all the money that needs that they're going to, the Jets are going to be spending, it's money well spent because you get to grow a core of talented, intelligent, character-based kids to have you for the next five years plus because that because those guys are going to become seniors at some point and then they could pass down that good energy this is something we've been waiting for for the longest as Jets fans we needed some kind of spark something that would create a, a, a run of some sort where we could become names of the NFL where everybody gets to respect our name if you're going to play the New York Jets, know that in 2023, 2024, and 2025, they were, they were, some, they were some of the best football you could see on, on, on the national football stage. And these players caused that. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, Quinn and Williams. You know what I mean? And, and you have these guys, and then you have all these rookies coming in after that trying to be Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner. Or trying to be like them. Because then the shining light of Aaron Rodgers growing what these guys are into the next level of players. Because let's be real. None of the players we have, as good as they are, has never walked the path that Aaron Rodgers has walked. He is going to be able to infuse that energy into them. That's what this is all about, in my opinion. At in, in in at long last, there is an energy getting getting basically infused into the youth of this team that's gonna be with this team for a long period of time. Something that we've never had here before. That's why the that's why the that's why the bonus money and the base salary for the next that's why the signing bonus and the base salary matters. <laughs> because if you have 2025, if you have a dead cap hit of $49 million in 2025, that's $49 million in cap money for a player that isn't here. That's why the $21 million versus the $49 million matters. Right. Because yeah, 
twice. Go ahead, Chris. Because the the most important thing of 2025 isn't whether or not Aaron Rodgers is still playing. Because they could probably find his replacement in the draft next year. Maybe if they can find a way to move up. Because if 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 their pick if if they if Aaron Rodgers plays the requisite amount of snaps, which we hope, which obviously we hope he does, yeah, <laughs> then the Jets will not have a first round pick. So they'll have to trade future first plus their second to move up. But I don't think they'll draft a quarterback next year or try to anyway. But at least not high. Twenty twenty five is the important year for the guys you were talking about. Right, but 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 Michael, my no. issue they, they if it's a 49 million dollar dead cap hit because tw- next because rookie contracts can be extended starting in year 4. Sauce Gardner is in year 4 or in year 4 in 2025. Garrett Wilson is in year four in 2025. Jermaine Johnson is in year four in 2025. And depending on what, depending on the running back situation and how money is going to be divvied to the running backs in 2025, Brees Hall is up in 2025. The the issue with my issue with your argument is this, right? I do not care. And I'll tell you why. It's very simple for me. If you if you're telling me for two years we get a Super Bowl run and an incredible playoff run or a Super Bowl and a playoff run back to back, I don't care what I gotta pay Aaron Rodgers after this. Does not matter. Don't don't you see what it what it what happens to a franchise when they win a Super Bowl? Don't you see what it happens? What happens to the players? And 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 the and the crazy thing about about this situation specifically is that again, like you like you just said, they don't even have to wait. They they if Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson is as advertised, which we to some degree have to agree that they are, right? You're not gonna wait until then to pay them. You better not, because then you're basically clashing with your own contract. Well, they can't pay. They can't. Ex- they can't sign extensions until 2025. Wow. Because of the because of the rookie contracts. Wait, I thought I thought they can't. Rookie contracts cannot be extended until after the third season, which is oh. next season. So right next season is oh wow. So Wait, that's why the dead cap number. Aaron Rodgers matters because that will affect you being able to extend your top rookies, your top players in 2025. Okay. All right. $18 million difference in dead cap hit makes a difference difference between one for signing signing one player. Yeah. Okay. I understand what you're saying now. I got you. That that to tell you the truth, I I didn't take that into account. The 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 fact that um because you can't let you can't in no way shape or form 
no matter how important this is, right? If you're going to have long-term success, which is part of what we want too. I mean, as much as I would like, and Lord have mercy, I am not in no way trying to be, you know, belittle what a Super Bowl would mean for a New York Jet, a New York fan like I am. Um, but I don't want to wake up in the morning and be the, what the Rams are. I don't want to wake up in the morning knowing that we can't sign Sauce Gardner and we have to let him go. And because you, a Sauce Gardner doesn't come around every year. A Garrett Wilson doesn't come around every year, you know? And, and I think, I think ultimately one of the things that I, um, one of the, we're talking about these players that we know that are good. One of the, one of the players that are, to me that would, this thing would impact the most is Zach Wilson. If Aaron Rodgers could extract whatever in the hell that's holding this kid back, because for people, for the life of, I understand everybody thinks he he sucks. And listen, the kid hasn't done anything to make anybody feel like he doesn't. One of the things you have to say is that he's incredibly talented. He hasn't be, been able to transfer that talent onto the NFL stage. That's the problem. And there's been splashes but it's not consistent enough to be to be called an actual good NFL quarterback. That's the problem. And the the thing that bothers me is that you could I think watching him play in college made me see the potential of what he could have been, but he's it's almost like there's some kind of governor blocking him from becoming who he is. If Aaron Rodgers could re extract that from him and allow him to see clearly how to become an NFL quarterback, I don't know if people have taken this into account because then that means that this kid could be the quarterback going forward. Again, that would be, that. that's, that's I mean, that's, that's over the top thinking, in my opinion. Like, like how much good sh stuff could happen to you at once? You know, it, it's almost impossible to think that all this stuff is going to happen in real life. Um, it would be like some kind of uh, fairy tale story. But again, but there's a possibility. You know, no matter how small it is, and that's why the Aaron Rodgers signing again. Uh, to me, the positives outweigh the negatives, and I will take what Michael said, and I'll say that, yeah, it, it's going to be concerning that if you come in 2025, you can't sign these guys. It's true. Um, but I will I will say this. I will give, because I'm at some point, we Jets fans are going to have to come to the decision to, if we're going to erect a statue for Joe Douglas. <laughs> right? So if we're going to erect a statue for Joe Douglas, this man will have to come up with a, an idea of how to be to execute this flawlessly. So I will put this at, on his plate. And hey, listen, man, big guy, take care of this, handle this. Because you know what? At the end of the day, we're erecting a statue in your name. Uh, <laughs> Not that's yet. about it. Not yet. Hey, no, hey, I never said it was now. I'm saying <laughs> because 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 again, if everything that you're telling me is true and everything that I'm saying is true, right? This guy will not only have to execute the next two year window 
and give us either a Super Bowl or two of the best runs in this in this franchise's history, right? But also on the back end, he has to figure out a way to sign some of the most talented players the Jets have had, right? Whilst juggling this massive contract with Aaron Rodgers. So if this man could do this deftly, bro, I'm I'm sorry. I will go around New York, New Jersey with a, a with a, a, a writing pad asking for signatures to erect a statue for Joe Douglas. I don't care. I will do it. I'll walk. No matter. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> one of Chris's favorite radio personalities said that one time. He said if the Jets did something, he would walk barefoot. Uh, a mile on the highway. I can't remember. I think it was Colin Coward that said that at one point. Uh, <laughs> who? <laughs> who? <laughs> you know I'm sorry. I don't know who that is. I've never heard of him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care about two, 2025, 2026. I really don't care. I'm I do. Only, and the Jets don't care either right now. They care about the next two seasons and building a championship team for the next two seasons. Because they know that's what they probably got Rodgers for. I, 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 I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Mm. No. I'm going to completely disagree with you on that one. Why? Coaches and players think year to year. Oh, Front office people, scouts, think long term. That's why it very rarely works for a head coach to be the GM. Because... As a GM, you're supposed to think about this year and next year and the and two years from now in a five-year block. Yeah, not anymore. As a head coach, you should be thinking about what can I do to win this year. Yeah, that's all he's thinking about. He's thinking about this year. Because so Joe Douglas ask, is, so, no, Joe Douglas is not just thinking about this year. He's thinking so, about so, so Michael, the long term. He's thinking so, of, Michael, yes, because there's, there's, a rash, there's a rash of rework contracts going on in the NFL right now. What do you say about this? Because because this is what I'm seeing. That off the top of my head, I, trying to come up with the player's name. This morning I, I was reading something about somebody that just signed a mega deal that just got a, approached by their team to rework their contract. Just after, the year after signing a mega deal. And I'm, I'm man, I, I know the just, name is gonna come to me at some point. It's but, just based, but, it's, but tell me, tell me again. What stops the Jets from coming to Aaron Rodgers in 2025 or just before 2025 and say, hey, man, uh, I know what you said. So his money isn't guaranteed, so they can't rework the contract. And and you can't rework signing bonus because it's already paid out, so it has to be – it has to hit the cap. Mm. But here's the okay, so, so you're telling me this is set in stone Reworking and there's no contracts way. is if, only if base is, salary. So you're telling me this 2025 hit is set in stone no matter what we say. No matter what. There's no, no, there's no out. There's no, no way the Jets could out it on 2025. The base the dead cap hit for 2025 is only go guaranteed to hit the Jets if, if Aaron Rodgers retires. Exactly. Right. Which is not bad. It's only listen, if he doesn't if he retires after 2024. It's going to be a twenty-one million dollar hit, right? Unless, unless the second wave of reports is correct, then it's forty-nine. Right. So I think it's. But it's still forty-nine. It's but but that's forty-nine million dollars in a year where you want to re-sign Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and, right. and, and Jermaine Johnson. That one doesn't sound right, to be honest. I think this one 
sounds it looks I, I, it doesn't sound right to me either but i'm just saying because we have conflicting reports i can't say for sure which one it is it right. just doesn't make any sense to me and it, yeah because that's the thing for right. me it's it like amount of money but i'm leaning towards the 21 million right because it's 8.8 .8, then 45 next but year. it's also 37 and a half non-guaranteed so if he plays in 2025 and it's the twenty one, and it's the thirty five million dollars signing bonus. Then it's going to be a forty two million dollars cap. Right. And if he plays, or no, forty four and a half. Sorry, forty four yeah. and a half. And if he plays, that's okay because that's that's fine. That's fine if he plays. I just don't like the I don't like huge dead cap numbers for players who aren't playing. Right, especially for that much. That's crazy for one player, forty four million, and then on top of whoever else we're gonna have dead cap. It's for too. So all right. So listen. Right. Okay. Listen, either All way, I'm going to say is best case scenario is the Jets win one Super Bowl in the next two years. Worst yeah. case scenario is Thomas Morstead is playing quarterback week one. <laughs> yeah, that hopefully that's not going to happen. <laughs> we have that is pretty extreme. It's a two year window. Yeah, because I only I didn't pull that out of my ass though. Because Tupa played week one in 1999. Yeah, because of uh. not. Making a, a third quarterback. I know, I I, I know what he's saying. Well, come on, man, really. <laughs> but the, but the, but that's how extreme it is. That's how it, that's how extreme it is right now. Well, I, I don't think Morstead would end up being quarterback because yeah. I don't think he played quarterback. Tupa actually played that's quarterback. The reason why? But uh, I, but but okay, Zach Wilson playing quarterback week one, if he's if he's active. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. I don't. I'm not worried about the negative stuff. We got two. We got a two-year window with a future Hall of Fame quarterback and the best cornerback in football. No matter what Dolphins fans will tell you. Okay, agreed. Try to do everything he can to win his second Super Bowl and our and our second Super Bowl too. First since 1969. So oh. we'll see. Yeah. Um. So anyway, this opens up now a a window for us this year to possibly add somebody. And we we seen a report. Yes, they have thirty eight million based on my projected the fifty three man roster before mm -hmm. before the cap hits of the practice squad because um, the practice because I I can't project who's going to make the practice squad because I don't know how many players they're going to decide to have on their practice squad and the practice squad cap hits are different for guys who have under two years or over two years yes. of accrued seasons. So it could be up to $200,000, but I, that's not, a, that's not a huge cap hit, but still it's, it's $38 million in space based on the project, my projected 53 man roster. Hmm. Okay. I was going to say about 13, but it's 13 it is 13 right now well actually it's negative 16 total but uh right now the top 51 salaries only count against the cap but um do we have time to go through my 53 guys <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that <laughs> no but it's uh but it's 38 million three hundred one thousand four hundred seventy five all right well anyway we got, listen point is we got extra room to add if we want that that was my point. Whatever that amount right. is, 38, 20, whatever. So 
And then we had the reports about Dalvin Cook possibly coming in to talk to the team on Sunday. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, I don't think they're going to sign Cook. Yeah, I, I think he's got more off-the-field issues. Yeah, that's why they're not going to sign him. Right. So who else out there do you guys think is a possible add? And then we're also uh, hearing about Beckton being traded, which I don't think that's going to happen. But Well, um, I don't think Beckton's going to be traded either, but uh, you, you never know what, what – what, what, because uh, the beat of uh, the beat reporters that are reporting it are always hit and miss. Um, but uh, off the top of my head right now, uh, free agent, uh, there's really no, there's really nobody out there that, that I, that I would think would be a spark. Would, the, I... only, the, the only person that I think would spark the Jets would be somebody who's already on their roster. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's Tony I'm, Adams. <laughs> he def if he if he keeps taking the steps that he's taking with the good news that's coming out of camp with him growing, um, growing into the free safety space um spot, that definitely would be an incredible spark. Um. Uh, the the whole story surrounding the running back thing, in my opinion, is generated by by I think uh, people that have have um or basically um Cooks camp, in my opinion. I think I think that I think the Jets and the their front office and the coaches and Robert Sala actually was asked about it and he said, hey, there's nothing wrong with him. Which you know, in my in my that's the political view, um, po- political thing to say or politically correct thing to say. As a coach on a on a team like the Jets right now, that's hot. That's in the news, um, but I don't know. I I really have. There's so much conflicting things that could happen here. Um, you could say for for uh, team morale that. Um, that signing a player like Cook would probably mean the end of the road for a couple of the running backs on the roster right now. Um, does yeah, it matter to the Jets? Does it matter to the Jets more enough um, to about morale enough that they're willing to separate those guys away from the team just to get Cook in here? And and another thing too, guys, from the day. Um, Joe Douglas became the GM of this team. He has made it a, a a thing to sign character men. He said it a million times, and if you pay attention pretty clearly, uh, all those players are. Uh, uh, when it comes to if you you know study their character, the things they say and the way they carry themselves, they were a little bit different. Um, so does Cook. Fit that bill. I know talent-wise, he does, but there's been reports behind the scenes about this guy for a while now. Now they now they've debunked a few of these. So I'm not gonna stand here and say, oh, you know, I know for sure that this man is not a, a great character. I don't know. Um, and none of us know in reality because a lot because there was a story that was written and then 
it was debunked and the guy that wrote the story came out and said that 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 he was you know basically whoever gave him the information was basically had an, an axe to grind so we don't know um we will see going forward maybe maybe they think that that will change things for them um going forward um i don't know it it would probably in my opinion it will, it will definitely go against a lot of a lot of what um a lot of what uh, Joe Douglas has been doing. Yeah. No, I, I look at it this way. If if they're even thinking about Dalvin Cook, I'm not saying they are or they're not, but even if they are thinking about him, I could see them bringing him in just to speak to him, to find out, you know, just speaking to a, a person face-to-face -face rather than through an agent or on the phone. You know, you, you get a feel of the guy a little bit more you want to see his condition, his mental condition, obviously, physically. How's he doing? Is he ready to come into camp? Even if you want to sign him. The part of the report I don't believe is that they're so-called a million dollars apart. If you're that close, I mean, a million dollars, I think a million dollars is nothing. So you would think if it's a million bucks, it's going to get done, right? So that's why the, the report, I'm half in and half out because – I kind of agree that I could see them bringing him in because you know I'm I'm all for adding a veteran running back at this point just to kind of give you a little bit more uh, insurance for um, Brees Hall coming off the knee uh, surgery. And we know, you know, throughout history, especially recent history, that running backs coming off the knee surgery, they usually don't play so well that first year. They miss games. Their yards per carry go down. So – I would definitely want a veteran back there, but listen, Michael Carter has been showing up in camp big time already. And they, you know, he's poised to have a big year the same. Um, Abinakanda had a big run in, in camp. I think it was yesterday, 50 yarder. Uh, so you never know. Um, but I, I could, I could see them bringing him in. I don't know about signing him because you brought up the off the field issues and we know like you yeah, said, you don't want to sign him and then have to have him right. You don't want that that issue there, and then that brings into what Charmin said about the character issue. If he does have something on the side like that, that brings up the character thing, and that's a no go for him. So um, that's the way I look at it with Cook. It's it's all fifty three guys that are on the roster week one are already there. So probably yeah. I mean, unless there's an injury, I could see it. Yeah, all is slow into coming back. That's the only thing I'm worried about is Brees Hall being a little bit slow coming back and you know Brees Hall Brees Hall will not Brees Hall here's here's a bold prediction for this season. Brees Hall will not get to 175 touches for the entire season. Yeah well that's not good if, if that doesn't happen. Why? Why? Because nobody on the roster can do what he does. I understand that. But would you rather have Brees Hall only get to 175 touches or have him re-injure re himself and not even get to 100? Well, he might do that because he's not going to get to 175. He might get injured early in the season. That's what happens. No, I'm saying he won't get to – if he plays 17 games I'm, – I'm sorry. I said touches. I meant carries. Yeah, even that. If he's not getting 170 carries, that means that's less than 10 carries a game for Brees Hall. It's fine. 
long as he's being used in the passing game. It's still going to be touches, and that knee is not going to be – we don't know how that knee is going to react. I don't care how good he looks in camp. I don't care how good the reports are about it, right? Every running back comes back from, from knee surgery. Yeah, he looks great. He's looking great in camp. He looks fine. And then it's totally different when it comes to the game. There's only, there's only been one guy. There's only right. been one guy. You got to mention him. Right. Adrian Peterson came back and he won the MVP of the year. Right. He went crazy. So, yeah. Brees Hall. Yeah, can... that was the year he went for 2000, wasn't it? Right. Now, Brees Hall can be Adrian Peterson. I'm not saying he can. It, I'm not saying it's not possible. Not Adrian Peterson. But it's a really, really big long shot. Right. <laughs> That's the that is my. And here's the other thing Does the team believe in these other guys behind him? that could carry the load if he's not there. And that's my biggest question mark because they're all, you know, they're all question marks in my, in my, in my mind. There's no definite behind them. Michael Carter, great rookie year last year. Not so good. Right. Abinakanda looks great in college, but we don't know what he's going to do in the pros. And all these guys never played 17 games. The most any of these guys played were 12 games. Hmm. Well, Carter played a few more. From last year, but Abinakanda hasn't, and Bam Knight hasn't. He hasn't played a full season yet either. You know, so we're going in there with no sure things. Even Brees Hall's not a sure thing. I wish he was, and I think he will next season. But this year, I I don't know. You know, it's just it's a little bit of a mystery. That's something that gets me worried. But anyway, um, so what what are your thoughts about these first few days of camp? I mean. I haven't seen any bad reports, but what do you guys think? Well, as far as the first few days of camp, everything that's happened for me is basically expected. The offense has been a roller coaster because they're learning a new offense and they're getting used to Aaron Rodgers. But the biggest thing for me out of camp is Jermaine Johnson. And because I believe the Jets have an opportunity here to have teammates get to double digits sacks for the first time in team history. Would it be the first time? Didn't, didn't that happen before? No, not since sacks have become an official stat. Okay. It might have happened when, when, uh, when during the heyday of the sack exchange, but most of that sacks weren't official. Right. That's right. That's what you meant. Right. Before sacks, right. But since sacks have become an official statistic, the Jets have never had two guys go for 10 or more. Quinn and Williams will hit 10 this year, and Jermaine Johnson will hit 10 this year. Quinnen had 13 last year with 406, 406 pass, pass rushing um, snaps. He had he had 13. No, I'm, I'm just saying he will get to I, at least. They will, they oh, will that's what you meant. Digits. Okay. I'm not saying exactly 10, but yeah. they will both get to 10. I think I think I think I think there will be a lot of players hovering around that number, in my opinion, because the way this is going to rule with this line is it, it, it depends on the snap counts. It's it's crazy, but but what I just said, the if 
If you're telling me that you're giving for a whole season Quinn and Williams 406 true pass rushing reps, and he could give you 13, 13 sacks, give me that. Because in my opinion, he could do better with because you have better players around him. I, I, I just want to. I, I think it's going to be wanna, the other way around. Really? You think he's going to have less sacks? No. I think the other players are going to do better because he's on the team. Yeah, I I agree that he does impact them more a lot. Um, the way teams I have think he hovers Jets, around twelve to thirteen, but I think, I think the, Jermaine Johnson the reason, gets to ten because of Quinn and Williams. I think the reason why the reason why Quinn and Williams, um, at the way teams play him, a lot of the time. Is by clogging the middle. The problem with clogging the middle is that you allow for what happened last year when it when um when Bryce Huff had in at some point had an astronomical um number of of uh of QB rushes or Q, um which was which was hovering over. I think he was somewhere with in the same realm as some of the best pass rushes in the NFL because of the amount of times he would get back there. Even if he did not um, affect the play, sometimes, um, or when he did affect the play, it was incredible because, again, like I said, because his get off was crazy and they were playing inside out a lot with the line. Well, this year you can't. If if that's what you're gonna do against the Jets, pray your quarterback is gonna be sawed in half. Because they have the speed on the on the edges, and it's not just Huff, and it's not and uh, what's his name coming off of the ACL pass? Oh man, his name was just at the tip of my tongue. I just uh, what's his name, man? Kid Lawson. Yeah, I, I think Lawson. Lawson, me. yeah, Lawson. Lawson had a better year than people give him credit for. And he was coming back. Me, thank you. You you're gonna you're gonna tell me that you're gonna allow people to play one on one with Lawson, JJ, and we're not still not mentioning the fact that JFM. There's two JFMs now, in my opinion, but one of them is just stronger than the other. The actual JFM is just incredibly more athletic than the other. I think the actual JFM, and then Michael Clement who's now about the same weight as JFM is, is going to be playing basically the same the same kind of um, position as JFM, which is basically on stunts, it affects the way teams block inside when, they, when they're playing the jet. You try in any way, shape or form, to double Quinn and Williams, then all of a sudden you either have to deal with an incredibly strong Michael Clemens who would be able on a pass rush set would be playing shade off the of the of the guard, the right the let's say the left guard of his shoulder, and then you and then he loops inside and Quinnen blowing up your guard and leaving him on the ground. You know how quick he could get in the backfield, and you match that with the fact that again, like I said, both the athleticism and the power of both JFM and Michael Clemens on the inside. That's just one mixture of what that could happen because on the other end, we have 
um, the kid, the kid, the two guys that we got from since um from this from Seattle. If for any reason you're third and fourteen or third and fifteen, you don't stand a chance. I'm in trouble. <laughs> you just don't. It's just that's just how it is. If these guys are healthy, you just don't stand a chance. Watch, go back and watch what teams tried to do against the Jets on long passing downs. Even third and nine was a problem. There was a reason why not a lot of teams scored a bunch of points on the Jets last year. It's not because they were playing a bunch of uh, backup quarterbacks, like every like the narrative of everybody has been saying. That front seven is scary. And it's even worse now that these kids ha have a year under their belt. So, four. yeah, it's crazy. They don't they don't blitz a lot, and I don't expect them to. Mm -hmm. I expect them to hover around the same mark as mm -hmm. last year, with which Agreed. was fifteen point three percent, I believe. And that's, uh, it, might be, that, it might have been a little higher than that, but it, but it was. Do in you the, remember what that ranked in the league? Because I think that's low as hell. What their blitz rate? Yeah, last. There you go. They had the <laughs> lowest blitz rate in the league. There you go. That I that that number sounded foreign to me because teams do not not blitz. <laughs> yeah, 50, the Jets had the lowest. The Jets, had, the Jets had the lowest blitz rate in the league, and I don't expect them to be uh, higher than thirty second. I guess. Yeah, they 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 don't they don't have to. They don't have well, when to. you have when you have Reed Gardner and Carter, you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. And 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 another point I've been making too, Michael, um, because I don't know if people don't understand how bad our safety tandem was last year. Our safety know, tandem we, was we terrible. We all know how bad they were. <laughs> These guys were horrible. You're telling me that I'll, that that that's why I I concurred when you said that if this kid Adam. raises his game, yes, thank you. If he raises his game to play free safety as a starter with the kind of range that this kid has, which he showed in flashes, and he's been doing in 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 offseason um and and. The way he's the kind of range he has, the kind of speed and the mentality he has, he's a very high IQ football player, in my opinion. If he could execute and he could take that starting job, he will be, in my opinion, almost double, let's say 10 times better than what we saw at free safety last year with the Jets. That's just what I'm saying. If you, if Tony Adams can be, two or three times as good as the safeties, the free safety, whoever it was back there last year. I'm not I'm not saying it because I don't know the name. I'm just saying whoever happened to be the free safety on that play, which usually was... It was usually... Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, it was Davis what? last year? It was... Uh, what's his name? No. Um, oh, but, I can't think of his name. I knew. Yeah, he, he always. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that only happened to me. I mean, he got he got beat on opening day when we were there. Remember? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dang, what's his name, man? Crap, he's not on the team anymore. But, but yeah, well, for good reason. Um, oh, 
Well, Ashton Davis won't won't be either. No, Dave, Davis was not. It wasn't Davis. Davis. Uh, Davis. When he played, I think he played more nickel than um, kind of a sub package nickel or something like that. Than he played anything else. Um, yeah, the two safeties with Joiner and Whitehead. Joiner, Joiner, oh, uh, Joiner, Joiner, right. Joiner was bad. Joiner was horrible, and and Whitehead, which who played an incredible amount of his snaps closer to the line of scrimmage, um, was horrible against tight ends. At, at, there was a run. There was a run. I remember sometime during the season there was a run where he had given up. Um, uh, he was beaten because they, because the quarterbacks didn't have time to target who beat him, but he was beaten so many times that it was kind of being kind of scary at the at the point. I think he kind of tightened things down um, later in the season, got a little better, um, but it was kind of scary and touch and go there for a minute, in my opinion. Um, the way he was playing, I know for the for the run game, that's what he's known for, and he did do well on at that. But his his um his his uh his angles were so were bad. There was certain there were plays in my opinion that he took such bad angles that man, I was like, that is that the same Pro Bowl caliber safety that we saw in Tampa Bay? It did not look that way. Um, at some point, so it so to me. If he does not raise his game, I think a better version of him is the kid we just got from from uh, from from the green from Green Bay, and a better version of the other guy is Adams. And if Adams could step up and take the starter starting role, so you you're telling me you're giving me a Jets team that was top ten in def- defense wise last year, and you're gonna better the safety position, right? You're gonna better the linebacker position. Oh, we'll see on the linebackers. Cause okay, because it's the same group basically. I will, I will, I will give you my my take on the linebacker thing. Is this Quincy Williams is to me just on the cusp of either becoming an incredibly good to great linebacker or basically being an, a guy that had a chance to be great that never took the ring. And it's all because of his inconsistency. It's it's maddening. It's maddening to me that he could play so well at, on in spurts and play so badly, right? The, the next play. His play, his play at linebacker resembles the play of, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The cornerback in Dallas. Oh, yeah! Don't no. I, I, I'll, I'll say no because I, because I. Well, because the, the, corner... the guy, the guy in the cornerback in Dallas is is uh, an all or nothing feast, feast of feast of farming of farming. But I think, but I think he is he he's his. I think last year he did better with that. I think last year he kind of took his game to a point where he was. Um, he was kind of cutting down on the whole bite, bite on the lower stuff, you know, allowing for people to cross his, cross his face, uh, um, which was a lot, was what was happening with his, with him his rookie year, where he did intercept an incredible amount of passes. Um, but I think he played better last year. Um, so he still I, I don't want to say, yeah, that's always going to be. Too many. He still goes for the 
the flashy play too much instead of the right. That's always going to be his style, and I'm not mad at it. I think I I think the more the more experience he gets playing the pro pro football, I think he's going to be better at at choosing his his chances, and the the level of speed and athleticism he has, oh, allows him to do that. That's the thing. Being being um disciplined enough to be able to figure out how to balance that out comes with experience. And I, I think your first two to three years in the league, you're allowed that. So I'm not I'm I'm and and I'll I'll be totally honest, I'm a big fan of him. That's why I, I jump to his defense. Cause I think I think that guy is could be scary, scary good um by his by his four or five years in the league because he's already scary good. But we're talking about you know, I don't want to even say it because it's kind of crazy. But yeah, he 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 he's, he's his potential is crazy. But yeah, um, I understand why you said what you said though because uh, Quin Quincy Williams is just a maddening player. Um, yeah, and he, I he, understand why they paid him. I understand why they paid him, but sheesh. he's uh he's gonna be feast or famine for you though. Yes, especially yeah. in the running game, and that's a problem. Yeah, because sometimes his angles are so right on target. You know, it makes those big splash plays, and sometimes it's so off that he allows big splash plays because he, uh, you know, how many times I seen this guy um, bite on a was it like a C gap run because the running back flashed in the C gap, and he's he gave he gave all he sold sold out so much into the C gap that he can't recover. To get back to the B gap, which is the where the running back is actually going, um, and it happens, it happens way too often. That's one of the things he's he has to learn from Mosley. Mosley's patience is, in my in my opinion, iconic. I think if you uh, um, Baldy Baldy uh, had a break that uh, one of his breakdowns where he basically shows Mosley standing still like a statue pre-snap. And would not move, not even a little bit. He would just stand there, wait for the ball to snap, <laughs> and then choose where he's going. That would, in my opinion, as a quarterback, that would probably freak you out. Because your whole point is to be able to get this guy to bite. Your whole point, the every movement of the line, everything you're doing is to be able to call him out for what he's gonna be. Either he's gonna be the the middle linebacker or he's gonna be the the Sam, you don't know where his what his play is because he has not given you a tell and he's he has not moved and you don't know what he's doing which is crazy. If if Quincy Williams could learn that patience from him, I think he'd take another step in his game. <clears throat> so, the one thing I, I'm I'm keeping my eye on too is with the offensive line. Right now, mm. it's right, Brown. <laughs> we don't know who's starting yet, right? At center, we don't know yet. The guards were set at, but the center and the tackles, we don't know yet. But I think in a couple of weeks, once it gets settled on who's going to start and they settling in and they start, you know, gelling together as a unit, that's when I want to see them go up against our defensive line every, every day at practice and see how well they do. Well, aren't they? Don't they have a game in two weeks? Uh, well, less than two weeks, yeah. The third. Is it next week or is it the week after? August third. Holy crap! The Hall of Fame game is August third. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it and it's July twenty sixth. 
Mm. <laughs> so next Thursday. Yeah. Basically. Uh, That's it. We don't know. And so and, and 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 we have to start. We have to start the preseason on the road. Oh. Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> to me, to me, it works out. I'm just to me, it works out. Really, I don't really care about the preseason. No, to be honest, practice. That's all it is. I, I've never. Yeah. I haven't cared about preseason sports and anything since. Uh, so it work? I play very little, if any, in that first game. So. Because because I'll never forget the Lions went five and zero when they went zero and sixteen. Good one. <laughs> nothing. It's zero. It's yeah. Zero. It's just practice. It's a uh, you know. But, um, I don't even know yeah. why. I don't even know why they even have preseason games. They yeah. have to. No, they don't. They have to. Why? Why, why do why, high school and college kids not need them, but professionals do? Because they're professionals. There's a difference. I don't know. The game is different. It's not that much different that you have to have preseason games. Really? Why? You don't think you don't think that football football in the pro level is not that much different from I'm, high school and I'm college not just football? You don't need spring training games in baseball. You don't need preseason basketball, preseason hockey, or preseason football. Period. Not games. So wrong. So wrong. I, I'm going to tell you right now, in baseball, they need it. The batters need it and the pitchers need it. To get down their timing, everything. The pitchers need it. The pitchers need it to stretch And the pitchers own. need it in college and high school, too, but they don't have them. They don't. Exactly. Totally different. And they do, and they do, and and they and they do fine in high school and college without them. Uh, do they? <laughs> they do they? Because because you 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 basically that the the realms of the the spaces are so different. It's it's crazy, man. You can't to me. You can't make that argument. And 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 but pro football is incredibly different from. From any other football, I don't care what other football you're talking about. It's incredibly different, and under the circumstance, under the circumstances of how you constantly add in players to a team that need to, we pay attention. We talk about this all the time about the coordination of an offensive line and how they're basically dancing bears, and they have they have to be some kind of uh, chemistry there. You don't and learn when, anything in a professional football preseason game because it's because you're going up you're using vanilla offense against vanilla defense it's not, not about the offense it's it about, does matter. about the basics it's practice, about the basics the practice everything pra in practice but that's the only chance you have to execute these against people that are not your own players it makes a difference you call certain plays and because again, I, I I one of the things that always um that stands out to me, especially when it comes to offensive line play, is how so many plays are the same, but they're different. A pin and pull has an incredible amount of variation. And the way they call the variations matter, and how you execute them matter. If you I, if you do not know that the steps that you need to take off of which step, if you have to step a quarter inch backwards or a quarter inch laterally or a quarter inch forward, depending on the type of pin and pull you're playing, you're, being, you're calling, 
I don't care how much practice you practice it, especially if all that coordination with your foot has to line up with your hip, has to line up with your shoulder, your pads, your hand placement on the on the opponent on the opponent, and how aggressive or inaggressive you have to be, right? All that matters. When you're against your 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 um your own guys, which you've been banging against for the whole summer, it matters for you to go against a different body that plays a different scheme so that you could feel out what that means. All these all these small variations matter, and you need to practice it against several different kind of plays or schemes to get a feel for what it will look like when the real bullets are flying. And the starters don't get enough playing time in preseason for it to matter. I don't know, man. We'll we'll agree to disagree on that. I think I think preseason is how many is how many snaps do the, the the guys who are going to make a big difference on the team go up against the other guys that are going to make a big difference? And when the guys that aren't going to make a big difference or maybe are going to make a difference but a small difference are going to go up against the top guys of the other team in preseason games. I think it's more the only game, the only game where you see the top guys in for a long period of time, and it's usually one half, it's the third game. Or in the for the case of the Jets, it'll be the fourth game. Well, there, there is no four games this year. It's always three now, right? It's the three now. It's three. Yeah. So uh, now it's really just one or two games, and that's it's just it's yeah, it's basically one. No, they have games. they have they have five games. Oh, because Five preseason games? Yeah, because they're playing the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, but they cut it down to three last year. So maybe they have four, but they, they don't have five. Oh, they have four. Sorry. So the game against the Bucks on the 19th, the third preseason game, is when you're going to see the starters play a half. Otherwise, they're going to get two series. Those are okay, so, so, how, so, how, so how about this then? Right. If you if you're not gonna take my my word about the offensive line and the the all that, how about play calling and timing, and 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 how the coaches call the game and how the the coach. They're not gonna call the game the same for for third stringers against third stringers as they do first it's, stringers against first stringers. It's not just the it's just not calling the plays. It's the 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 motion of it. No, I you understand you what you're saying. You don't think, they're not going to call what I'm the game saying, the right? same way. They're not going to call the. It's so you don't. They're not going to so call don't think the game the same. For the coach? Period. The I, game is not called. The game I, is not called the same way in the preseason that it is in the regular season, and that's why it's a faster game in the regular season because the game is the game is called differently in the regular season than it is in the preseason. Of course, because they they don't want to give away their their plays and in, in um in the exactly. So why play the games? No, but it's not about the plays. It's all about what what Charmin is saying is just a small part of it with the offense. Thank you. That's just a small part of it, but it's just getting into the cadence and getting your timing with your quarterback in a real game, not in some you know not in your in the practice fields with against your guys. It's against other teams. Because when it's against your guys, those guys know your moves already now, right? Like in three weeks, go.
Gardner's going to know Wilson's moves even more than he knows already. Think about it. He's been playing with him since last season, right? Now he's playing with him in practice. He's going to be on top of him because he knows Gary Wilson's moves. And Gary Wilson knows Sauce Gardner's moves. If they're on top of each other, like what are they? Yeah, they're gonna. He's gonna run his route. But, but Gary Wilson is gonna play two series against the Browns. Maybe, maybe he might play two. He's only gonna. He's probably only gonna play one if he plays any against the Browns. He'll play two series against the Panthers. He'll play a half against the Bucks, and then when they play the Jets, the Giants, the, the he'll only play one series, that's and the then he's gonna time. sit the rest of the game. But that's the only time they really get a chance to play a real quote-unquote real game against a real opponent. Otherwise, they're playing so, but, a guy who knows every move that he makes. And Mike, Michael's, Michael's, Michael's whole thing is this, is that that one or two series matters none. That, that it does not matter that they put that on film. It does not matter that they, real, they, they go home after this, after that, and pay attention to how teams line, to see how teams are going to line up dry. Because, basically, because it's true, that teams are not going to show their hand, but they're, they're going to do things that's going to tip their hand. It's basically, that's what it is. At the end of the day, the, the, at the end of the day, in my, in my opinion, it, there's incredible use for the, for the preseason. Michael does not feel, think that. Right. I, not I don't know. I agree to disagree. Right. All right. So let's, let's, all right. let's end this uh, episode on really good news. The new uniforms came out. Uh, they, they're going to use them twice this year. They're going back uh, to the classic whites with the old logo on the helmet, which is awesome. That's to me. That's the more important thing. Would Would you guys? Uh, <laughs> I guess Debbie Downer. Come on, bro. <laughs> really? You did not like the uniforms? No, I just don't care. <laughs> oh, okay. I just don't care what. I don't care what the what uniforms they choose to wear. Oh wow! Okay, because at the end of the day, all that matters is who had more point. Who had more points at the end of the game? And That's I don't. It's a pretty dry that. way of care. looking at. I wouldn't care if both teams were playing naked. Okay, no. Yeah, now I that, that that we won't do here. Okay. I'm not saying they should. So, okay, I'm just so saying like, I don't like, care. Like, I don't care what they're. It, I'm just trying to use hyperbole to make a point that I that it doesn't matter what they're wearing. All right. Anyway, horrible point. Anyway, uh, I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think that <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. Of course, I see I see right through it. Jimmy, um, I mean Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Johnson. I I totally understand why you did this. Hey, man, make your make your make your paper boo boo like Cat Williams says. Um, but hey, I will agree with Chris that I love the logo on the helmet. I love the the whites. I love the stripes on the shoulders. It's it's it's. It's awesome. Um, it's probably gonna hurt my wallet somehow, but yeah. <laughs> Anything you buy from the Jets is gonna hurt your wallet. Listen, yeah, well, the one thing just I, the way that's just the way it is. Now that mm. I'm now that we got the new uniform, what I'm hoping for is that the Jets use the whites for home. Go back to ah! whites as your primary jersey. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know we're what? not the Cowboys. We are not the Cowboys. Right, we're not the Cowboys. We're not. We should not wear white. Nobody should ever wear white at home. But you know what? But don't have but don't have four different jerseys a year. Right? Like last year. What do we have? We had like four different jerseys, four different yes, companies. Road to home. 
let's get back to white and dark. That's it. There's two different Okay, fine. Parts. Fine. Let's go back to purple and gold. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, hey, hey, well, or we could go back to the, the we could go back to the 60s Jets uniforms. They actually won the Super Bowl with those green and white. I'm happy, but just stick with no, it. No, I mean the exact 60s throwbacks. I, I'm just not, oh, I'm just not into the whole changing every year or changing every. They, they should just go back to one or two, one and two uniform combinations, maybe three. You know the alternative, but a white and a dark. White for home, yep. dark for for the road. If you want to make the no, black the other way, twice. <laughs> right. But anyway, no, but when it comes, the, the only reason teams do that is to make money. But obviously. Listen, sports. Obviously, like I said, sports is a business. No it matter, is. No matter what anybody says. Well, first of all, you could have bought the art before they decided to wear the the white jerseys for those two games this year. You could have bought an Aaron Rodgers throwback jersey if you wanted. So, so it's not like it's not like you couldn't have bought it beforehand. And they could have they they were probably they they might have they the only the only thing is now it opens up the white it it shows the jerseys to the younger people who don't know it existed. But when you go to the NFL shop, I hate plugging the NFL shop, Yay. but for but <laughs> for free. But if you go to the NFL shop, when you go to the player jerseys, you can buy a throwback jersey of the player. You can go down the list and find find any throw you could you can buy an Aaron Rodgers New York Titans jersey. All right. Thank you for the uh the oh, <laughs> it, we appreciate it, Michael. We we, we anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, we, I guess we'll have to end it on that. Um thanks for <laughs> us. Michael, thank you for joining us as well. Um you want to let everybody know where your podcast is one more time. Uh yes. My podcast is at is Jetta Bleeding Green Podcast, which can be found on all the podcast platforms, um, the major ones. And of course, it starts out on Spreaker.com slash show slash J-U-B-G hyphen podcast. And um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at J-U-B-G podcast and on threads at Michael T. Palace. Okay, great. Michael, thanks for joining us. And thanks, man. Yeah, next week we will be talking about a game finally. And we'll see you then. Yes, sir. Take it easy, guys.